0: Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team, cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello, everyone.
1: Welcome to Absolute Rally Season Twenty-One, Episode Three. I hope you're well. I hope you've enjoyed the first two episodes, and um, yeah, thanks for thanks thang, thanks for sharing the love and sending us some nice messages. It all makes a difference. This week, we've managed to get all the boys back together in one place, i.e., this particular podcast as a poster. Um, prostituting themselves to lots of other podcasts which does happen these days as it turns out I'm not one for gossip but I think you know we're naming that at. first and foremost I'm going to say hello Trevor and you hello Trevor <laughs> and you hello Tony Simpson how the hell are you I'm all the better for speaking to you and you who knew that your name was and you yeah yeah whatever alright fine um, the, 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 the the calm and quiet one in the, in the background is Jack Bennion hello Jack
0: it's not often I get referred to that
1: no, I know. I was just going to call you the voyeur, but that could have a completely different connotations.
0: Um, I, don't think, uh, I don't think the listeners have got any context there, so they're going to, they're going to struggle with that one.
1: I don't care. I'm not, I'm not going to qualify. I'm just going to say yeah.
0: it. They all already think I'm a weirdo anyway, so it doesn't really make much difference. And
1: speaking of weirdos, um, the, the man who was at Sweet Lamb yesterday, Woody and Lambs, Ryan Champion, hello.
0: Hello.
2: I, I didn't get anywhere near any lambs. Dogs. Don't talk to me about ducks, but not lambs.
1: Don't talk to you about ducks. You see, when somebody does that, the first thing you want to do is go, why, what happened with the ducks? Well, there was, there was a flock of ducks. They were
2: still there from last week, actually. I um sure oh, really they there. were the
1: same ones. <laughs> I don't I didn't disagree, Did they have name tags on? Donald, <laughs> Donald was there, definitely. Uh, I've definitely, seen him.
2: ducks around in a certain area last week. And in, in the same area this week. And, uh, yeah, like last week, there's a few less. But <laughs> I
1: love the there fact that it was the same ducks. Anyway, there you go. Um, flock. It's the same flock. Okay. Um, boys, it was um, obviously the M Sport returned to rallying stages at the weekend, which I was really, really um, happy to do. It was different and it was fun. And I'm sure one of you will want to ask me something about it. So in, I'm going to turn the tables in this particular one. You can by all means put your hands up, uh, but I can't see you. So that's not going to really work. Does anybody need to know anything about what happened at the weekend? Or should I just tell you all about it? Yeah, how come you got beat? Oh, straight in. That's what, <laughs> I suppose. I suppose that's what happens when you say you new. Um, uh, how come I got beat? Um, very, very good question. We tried to. We we started off very cautiously on the first two new co-driver, and the irony is we'd all just have excuses.
3: Excuses. We'd excuses, all just right? had our
1: talking to by Malcolm of all people. Oh, the irony <laughs> about not doing anything yeah
3: how did that go (laughs) well
1: it was basically it was along the lines and i'm paraphrasing ever so slightly was boys um you know we all want to have a good day sport don't do anything silly you know just bed yourselves in gently etc etc and um away you go which all of us did other than malcolm obviously um so uh, i think i
0: cursed him on last week's podcast
1: you, you probably did i'll tell you what i spoke to him after the event, and he was so gutted, it was untrue. I'm not just saying that for effect, he was absolutely devastated about the car. Uh, the car is really in a bad way, to be honest with you. It's not it, the pictures, don't probably do the damage justice, even though it does look like it's mad, badly folded. But the cage had come through the roof and a few other bits and pieces. He was showing me um, some pictures of it on his phone, and he was proper gutted. Um, bless you. Who, who was in the passenger seat? One of the designers. Uh, whose name escapes me uh, who has done some rallying themselves before so it wasn't like because I even said that's who was in with you I said wasn't anybody who's never been in a rally he said no 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 he's one of the designers was in with me I can't think of the name Um, so who'd done some rallying themselves so it wasn't like an unknown um, kind of Billy if you like who's doing passenger rides with far from it so um,
2: I I did think it was uh, it was Malcolm Wilson's fault until I listened to last week's podcast and I think you're quite right Jack Bennion I think it was your fault it was the curse of Jack
0: Bennion yeah, what can so, I say? It was uh, it was definitely uh, it was one hundred percent definitely not intentional, and I absolutely did not just do that lockdown thing that everyone's done, where they've been on a Zoom call and forgot to unmute themselves um, and started talking in the microphone without uh, without actually being uh, switched on. So I, lo- I, I think that. it was Richard Christensen who sat with him. Yeah,
1: sounds about right because it was a big name on the back window. There you go. So that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, but yeah, it's Kiwi. I don't think... Do you know what? I'm sure it was Swedish or... Because they they actually did his flag on the window. So I'm just trying to remember now from memory. I can't... I'm sure... Listen, there's loads of images of the car out there which people can see, so... um, But...
2: When uh, when do we get to ask other questions about the rally? You can ask any. You you can ask me anything you like. Why does your descriptive personal system have numbers in it?
1: (laughs) Well, funny you should ask that, Ryan Champion. um, Because we felt and I actually spoke to trevor about this last year because I went to I went to the expert um, we felt that my descriptive note system was getting a bit too much with fast medium corners in so we changed fast medium to four so that's why I have a mix of numbers and descriptions and that's that simple try especially uh, in this section I think we've put the the in car up uh right at the beginning of that stage under the trees there which is kind of on the concrete i don't know if you've been up there much right but they're all fours so... which is
2: what confused me because i thought oh he's using a number system
1: no he's not he's using a descriptive system <laughs> no it's got numbers
2: in the descriptive system oh, okay
1: yes I'll I'll ask. Ask. so um i if to be fair there's only one number in my in my descriptive system now uh which is four. the rest of it are all descriptive so there you go so that's, so that's that's the reason it's the golf
3: version of pace notes yeah so <laughs> so we just need to tweak it a little bit more then you might win next time
1: yeah well i know i, I but basically excuses excuses out uh, which you pointed out so we were fastest on three and four and then on five and six we tried to make some changes to the car because i was seven down going into five and um we went off the start line really really well and we got literally the weather changed about a mile into the stage and it was like somebody threw three buckets of water into the car because I'd left the vent open so we we not only did we get drenched with water coming into the car the screen misted up so I was trying to close the vents put the demister on and I ended up lifting off and I dropped nine seconds in that stage basically and that was it rally over and what changes did you make before that stage uh we sharpened the car up a little bit if you're fastest in three and four why did you make the changes because I didn't see where I was going to get seven seconds back over the the remaining twelve miles without making a change of some sort and rolling the dice.
3: Yeah, that's um, a big roll of the dice, then. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, and I got it wrong. Oh. But valleys like that are why are you try stuff. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Of course. God, that wasn't
0: expected. How was <laughs> the, uh, the online entry system and the uh, the self-scooting and all that kind of stuff? The most commonly asked question I've been asked
1: by two different outlets over the last 48 hours. Um, brilliant. And I think I kind of alluded to it last week, Jack, that I can't believe we haven't started looking at this before. all All this kind of kicked off. It was an absolute no brainer um you, we're all grown-ups at the end of the day and we take responsibility for what we sign and it was a very very easy process and I have to say the organizing car clubs behind it and the entry secretary worked really really hard to help anybody who was struggling with it um uh, because obviously we were in the rally and then out the rally and then back in the rally and we had to do some we had to change the late change on the entry and it was great and I think doing that process where we sign on for rallies in that method and we self scrutinize for that method um, could do away with so much dead time on a Friday and you could have a lot more people maybe being able to afford to go rallying um, just literally turning up on a Saturday morning to do the rally.
2: I bet Toyota wished they'd introduced that in 1995.
1: <laughs> well do you know what joking aside and i've been speaking quite a lot about this genuinely i've had so many people ask me that question because obviously i I did the rally um we are at a stage now ryan you've organized rallies i'm i'm sure you've been involved at some point as, as well trev is that you know we are i think we're very much at a crossroads with regards to ages of of kind of organizers and things like that and you know are we in danger of not replacing perhaps dare i say people who are leaving the sport um on the organizing side because of age or ill health or whatever it may be that maybe we need to start thinking about having less people to put rallies on um and you know this it certainly in my eyes would, would 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 obviously do away with um needing so many people on a friday Um, You know, maybe accommodation, maybe paying to have a function room or a hotel or wherever it may be, you know, saving money on these rallies and and making the rallies um, a lot more compact. uh, And maybe um, it makes a lot more financial sense for some of these rallies to go down this route and appeal more to perhaps the people who are paying to do them. That's where I've got to with it. So I hope that answers your question, Jack.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There
1: you go. There you go. Have, have we got any more questions, boys? Before we we move on from this, the silence is definite, Trev, <laughs> you, you you just you just went with straight in with a low blow. I thought I might have got something a bit more constructive out of you on this.
3: I'm just asking you. There's lots of really nice focuses and fiestas. I'm sure. Was there a 2005 focus there, for example? Was it an
1: 05 focus? Um, I think Richard Keynes is, isn't it?
2: Yeah, Yeah. I think I've seen some footage of
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Richard Keynes was there. Why do you ask that, Trev? I just thought it'd be nice to
3: talk about some of the nice Fords that were there. Wasn't that the whole point of the rally that you could anybody could bring any Ford that was built in M Sport,
1: any M Sport car? Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, there was. I'm, I'm trying to think. There was there was an array of different focuses from. I know Ryan put me straight on on a focus the other day. I I don't know whether this is where this is going. I'm not entirely sure. I feel like it's a loaded question. I haven't let
2: anybody else into that conversation, (laughs) Tony. Oh, you haven't yet, you mean? Uh, Well, no, but we're going to have to explain it now, aren't we? Yes. Just listening to last week's podcast and Tony referred to the paddle shift coming in on a 01 or maybe a 2000 focus and it actually came in in 2002, so... Everybody knows and I, that. And I only know that because I tested the Focus in 2002 and it, had, it was the first with paddle on it.
1: Woe betide me for being 12 months out. Shocking. It was. It was terrible. Is that and, what you... Oh, well, previous, here we go. Here we go. The
2: previous system, who was the previous system designed by? The joystick. You
1: um, probably know the answer to this. Well, it wouldn't be
2: Christine L'Oreal, would it? It would have okay. been... It what, was what? A, a world championship... Chris
1: Yes. There you exactly. go. Designed it. Hey, when he was at, at M Sport. Speaking of Chris Meeker, he was in a Skoda last week. He was. That was interesting. Good talking point. Good back to see it. Him
2: back. Oh, it was great to see him back in a car. And yeah. uh, Obviously, it just came up suddenly. And um, yeah, Let's hope we, we see him in a car again soon. Uh,
1: maybe we need to do a bit more digging on that. Maybe we need to see whether we can get Chris on. There you go. There you go. Um, so, yeah, so back to the M Sport event, just just very, very briefly. Um, it was I could imagine it. And, you know, I know it's been gone out on other platforms and stuff. I think Matthew spoke about it, as did Malcolm. You know, for those guys to see, you know, the queue of cars on a rally, uh, everyone being turned out by their factory must have been mind blowing. Because uh, you know we, they, they know how many cars they've produced, of course they do, but from from a from a pride point of view, I can't even imagine what it must be like to be in that position of of, of knowing that every single car on a rally your company's produced. Now well, granted it was only 44 cars or 43 cars. I think it turned out in the end. Um, but that must be you know, the, the huge sense of pride of of the different generations of cars uh must have been must have been amazing for for, for all the guys at m sport and yeah i have to say it was um it, it was great um just going back to it i still think there's a lot of there's a lot of things we'll learn from it and there'll be a lot of tweaks and i just wonder fellas i wanted to put this out there to you guys i was talking about this this morning uh with somebody else actually of the format that that rally was used if the World is going to be the way it's going to be for certainly for the foreseeable future. Is there some scope in perhaps you know a single venue type forest championship where we have another Greystoke? Maybe we have a Walters Arena event, maybe we have a Sweet Lamb event that's enclosed and you know not open to spectators, etc. etc. like that? I, do you think there's some legs in that, right? Um. Yeah, possibly.
2: Possibly. I mean, it, it, it's a, like you say, the actual concept of a, a single venue gravel rally. Why not? Because you've just named two perfect venues in Walters Arena and, uh, and Sweet Lamb. And inherently, it's got to be a lot easier to organise an event in in one area. So, yeah, there's there's got to be some scope for that.
1: Trev, I, I, I kind of said this before, and obviously you've worked on completely different the other side of the spectrum with regards to finding budgets and stuff like that. I know Ryaz, and obviously I have to a lesser degree as well, but in my eyes at the moment, the way the world is and certainly the way national rallying is, is that we probably need to start focusing more on the people who are spending all the money to do it in order to kind of make sure that it survives almost. And maybe this is a way of, of, of that happening, you know, you think about the 40 cars at the weekend and I was kind of roughly working out some figures there must have been close on 90000 quid spent to do that rally all all in with everybody who did it. That's a lot of money for forty cars.
2: That but, that was just to run car
1: number one. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't it wasn't even including Matthew's cars, to be honest with you.
3: Or the uh, or the fixed car zero. <laughs> yeah,
1: the fish car zero. But you know you know what I mean? Eighteen, ninety, maybe a hundred grand for those forty cars to do that rally combined. That's a lot of money, but that was all our money. So maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe we need to, certainly at national level, to to, to kind of prop it up almost and, and keep it keep it going. We need to focus on the people who are actually putting all the money into it and give them events like that where, you know, there's a lot of the faff taken away and a lot of the faff. A lot of the time is to try and make it something that perhaps it really isn't.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, I I think you you're right on that in that a lot of events that the time scales are massively exaggerated over whatever they need to be. And it, it, just going back to your you know your single venue type element you think of some of the the btrd events out there now where you're only doing 40 45 miles but you've got these long road sections to get back to a service area or or, or whatever and uh, they uh it's it's a good point and and i'll come on to it with my any other business but hopefully we can learn a few things as you're alluding to from this situation that that means that rallying is a little bit more reactive both to to what customers want as you say and just being able to change things and not be set in stone like we have been for you know the last 30 40 years it feels
1: like i think so trev i wanted to put that to you but right jumped in so i let him i'll let him go on but uh, the reason why i wanted to come to you Wizard, is because i too listen to your podcast would you believe it uh and you were talking um I think I don't know whether it was your one or when you did the sprint one with Neil, but you were talking about the business concept of uh, I think Neil made reference to the fact about, you know, TV coverage and perhaps they weren't getting the TV coverage that they wanted or he wanted. And you said, well, our business model wasn't based on that. And I just wonder how many people genuinely go national rallying, base their national rallying uh, budgets on the fact whether it's going to be a service area in this area or whether it's how many spectators are going to be in a forest or whatever i can't believe anybody does so w- why do we keep pandering to something that perhaps isn't really needed
3: yeah slightly deluded if you do uh, it was a sprint podcast and we were talking about that and and need rightly was upset in 2001 when you think about you know what we were hoping to do and what we did what we achieved in that year we didn't get any national coverage on channel 4 or whatever it was back then um simply because we're another Brit on the scene. But as I was trying to explain, that doesn't matter. Same as getting publicity in motor news or motorsport news, if it was at the back then, autosport, rally access at the time, that didn't matter to us because, you know, small fry. What uh, what you want to do is get on the front page, back page of the nationals if, if that's really what your business model entails. But you're right. There's nothing to stop us going back. Remember Esker David, a rally sprint, single stage, that was absolutely brilliant for TV. Uh, if you remember back to those days, those old enough. Um, I know in Northern Ireland they've gone off and they've been doing some uh, sprints in quarries. Again, dead easy to televise. Getting down to second on gravel, that'll be good to watch as well. There could be an opportunity, as you rightly highlighted, use circuit championship in Forest then. Uh, providing you've got a force that'll hold up to it and they're not gonna they're not gonna degrade. Uh, as you say, Sweet Lamb or Walters Arena, you think of that. Um, that's a good opportunity to get the sport back in a nice closed environment, spectators out, and easy enough to televise, I'd have thought, and you could you could generate a fair bit of excitement around that.
1: I think so as well. Jack, just just from a from a media point of view, with your you can you, you kind of media hat on obviously the various outlets uh, you've wrote for and still write for as well. Um, from a national rallying point of view um a lot of the and i I keep on calling it faff you know certainly from from your your point of view it does make a blind bit of difference anyway because you're reporting on what it is it doesn't matter whether there's a town center start with one man and his dog or you know scrutineering in this particular area whatever it may be ultimately you're reporting on the quality of the competition so you know, th- there's so many reasons why this should actually be a way forward as opposed to going back to just repeating
0: what we've been doing before. I'm still, uh, I'm still winded by Trev saying that motorsport news is small fry. <laughs> <laughs> felt like it. Like you like what? <laughs> what? In the
1: bigger scheme of things. Do you know what? He's had a pop at me. He's had a pop at you. <laughs> uh, right. You're next. Go on, Jack. Sorry,
0: mate. No, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, I'll get Trev back for that later. Um, <laughs> yeah i think um obviously how publications decide on um how they cover events depends on how popular that event is and how popular they think that event is going to be with the the people that read it so um ultimately it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation you know if there's if there's no fans at the event and no one cares about it then you know motorsport news are unlikely or not specifically motorsport news or you know most publications are likely to give it less space or or not cover it so um yeah it's it's a it's a difficult one i think um yeah, I think there's definitely something in the idea, but I think it needs a bit of a bit of fleshing out. I think I think it was Trevor mentioned, um, you know, the roads cutting up and stuff. I think you'd struggle to get like a 45 mile event out of some of the some of the test places. And even but, if you did, why do we
1: why do we need 45 miles? Why? You know, because we could reduce it down to 30 with no road mileage. And I think people would be happy with that because
0: the entry fees would reflect
1: it. So maybe maybe that maybe that 45 miles is not really what's what's required.
0: Yeah, that you know, that's that's totally fine. But you know, I, I still stand by the point that it needs a lot. You know, the idea needs a lot more fleshing out because, um, you know, you're talking about um, you know, Taylor the events to the, to the people that are going to pay for it. But you know, like you said, you, you might be happy with 30 miles, Tony, but, um, you know, some of the guys who've got world cars might not be happy with with 30 miles. And then you know, you've got to take into consideration how quickly the roads are gonna are gonna cut up and. You know the things like Walter Arena and, and Sweetlam, You know they they need to keep the roads in good condition for testing at, at various points of the year, and that's how they make a lot of their money. Um, so so yeah, you know, I, I, like I said at the start, I think there's definitely there's legs in the idea. It's uh, you know it's it's definitely tra- I think the idea is definitely transferable, and it, it, the, there's something in that. Um, but yeah, I think it needs. Uh, I don't think it's as simple as just saying right, we're going to have a single venue championship on gravel in in the UK tomorrow, and it's going to happen because there's there's a there's a lot of things that need to be fleshed out there. I think.
3: I think in the interim, though, going forward for the next six to nine months, or before we get back to what we've seen, if we ever get back to what we've seen as rallying, and it's, it's a consideration to to look at that as a way of getting back into the sport when it's when it's right to do it and it feels right to do it. Uh, the other thing, Tony, from an organizer's point of view, a lot of the reason why we've got town centre starts, etc., is to keep the council on board, or again, any event sponsors at the Rally to the public, so there's that bit. But if you if you generate enough income from the competitors to pay for the rally and keep the club viable, then yeah, you don't need that either.
1: Yeah, you know, I just I just feel we're in a very good, you know, if, if we can take any positive from it at all, I just genuinely feel like we need to just have a little look about what what we're doing, and if we, if rallying is going to come back in any way, shape, or form as we've seen it before, then I think I think it needs radically reviewing um because you know the the concerns are that you know what we don't want is forest rallying to disappear and that uh, i don't say that lightly i think that could quite easily happen because i don't genuinely feel uh and by all means anybody jump in on this but i don't genuinely feel that forest rallying is something that perhaps you know uk motorsport probably really needs anymore because it, it it's becoming more of a hassle when you start getting into the stage quality and things like that then the big problem we've got is that it might be easier to let these things kind of almost float away and that's I, that's that's what my fear is
2: i think i think the problem is the forestry commission don't really want it anymore do they no it's uh it's a good source of income for them but you know tourism is is massive now for for the forestry commission and rallying is is something that they they begrudgingly allow. You, you kind of feel now we've seen it with the increasing costs that uh, uh, that are incurred on on forestry mileage and uh, you know restrictions placed on rallies and they're just not that keen to have rally in there. So I think you're right to have a plan B and you know just going back to what Jack was saying about maybe people in world rally cars maybe wanting more mileage. They're also the the cars that, that cut these stages up. If you look at Finland, they have very successful two-wheel drive only rallies. Um, you know, and that might be a nice idea, having uh, single venue gravel rallies that, for two-wheel drive cars, allow the two-wheel drive cars to, to win overall,
1: maybe. They tried to do that a few years ago with 1,400s. They tried to do it like a 1,400 club championship. That was, um, it was only 1,400 cars allowed. It was back in the days of when BTRDA over here, you know basically went with a control tire with the 1400s and obviously everybody went well we're not going to use that tire so we're going to do our own thing and they, they did manage to get a few events on i can't remember what year it was i think it was 06 or something around that time uh, so that kind of has been trialed and but it,
2: two things there we know whenever you go down a control tire route it divides opinion
1: massively yeah. uh,
2: and and secondly if you're limited to 1400s and then, you, then you're really limiting your entry but um well no anyway. that was back
1: in, that was back in the day you know that's when the 1400s were huge you could look at yeah. it now and go you know this you know there's a fair amount of r2s you know there's there's, there's, there's plenty of stuff out there but but well, the point is the idea isn't it just to yeah. come up with ideas and do something fresh yeah, yeah i agree i, I, I just don't want to keep uh, what i don't want us to do I, 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 in the UK and you know what I'd love to hear what goes on more in other parts of the world so if you are listening studio at absolutelyrally.co.uk because this is something which I'd like to probably explore a little bit more um, because we only know what we know here we only kind of this is this is what we've kind of grown up with um, is see what formats are going on in other parts of the world obviously Trev's just been talking about the, 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 the what's going on over in Northern Ireland the quarry stuff I know Killian uh, from on the pace note was doing some of the coverage on that so yeah I'd just be interested to know how you know, if you're going rallying elsewhere in the world at the moment, how how is it doing and how is it happening and, and, and everything else? Just as I say, drop us a line studio at uk or ballminds, tweet us or send us a message on Facebook. So there you go, boys. Uh, so that was the Amsport event. Um as I say, uh, great to be part of. And um I wouldn't be surprised to see another one happen. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't be surprised to see another one happen. So watch what watch this space as we say. Um with regards to big single venues we've been talking about, one big single venue we were expecting to happen, Jack, was uh, Rally Deutschland, which uh, has become a, another casualty now of the WRC. They must be now looking at the calendar every every minute of every day and just wondering what we are going to get. It's
0: difficult isn't it? Um, yeah, I think as... Uh you know, the thing with Rally Germany is it, it partly runs on spectator money, which, um, you know, I don't think all the events do in the WRC for sure. Um, but, but but Germany are really, uh, you know, affected by that. So as soon as it became clear, um, you yeah, know, a month or two ago when uh, Angela Merkel made a, a bit of an update about the, the, the events and the size of uh the size of events, and it was 350 people. I think it was fairly obvious to most people then that you know the event was going to struggle to go ahead. And yeah, we've had official confirmation now, and, and that one's out. So um, yeah, uh, a big loss to the WRC. I think another tarmac rally. We had Craig Green on the show last week talking about how there was too few tarmac rallies in the WRC, and and, and that's another one gone. But yeah, you know we've had this conversation many a time. Um, you know we've got to uh, we've got to accept that there's circumstances at play here that are out of control of the the organisers of that rally and of the, the WRC and that we just have to, uh, you know, accept whatever calendar we get. But, you know, it's still, uh, I still think there's plenty to play for and I still think the, um, the events moving around are having a massive effect. Um, you know, for example, I think, uh, I think uh, Germany going out, um, that kind of uh, takes away from Toyota a little bit because I think, I think Estonia, they're nailed on to win. But I think Turkey, they've really struggled out with reliability in the past. Um, and, and Ypres, they're kind of making out that Hyundai are going to have a little bit of an advantage there, so uh, maybe it takes away from uh, takes away from Toyota a little bit and opens up the championship a little bit. Well, it'll be interesting to see.
2: This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of
0: service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition.
2: Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team.
1: Trev, out of all the events, obviously, we know Japan's gone now, of course, as well, which uh, I'll be honest... I kind of knew was happening anyway, but I couldn't really say it truth be told because uh, we were involved with some of the planning for some of the, uh, for some of the teams. So I knew that one was on the back burner and was probably not going to happen anyway. Um, but Germany was a proper shock to me because out of all the events, that was probably going to be one of the most easier ones. I know Jack's just been talking about obviously the finances behind it, but, out of all the ones that they could have condensed down and, and probably had some control over, Germany was the one that stood out that was going to be the easiest to, to police, I guess.
3: Easiest to police and easiest to, uh, to have people, yeah. Th- that side of things, you're right, but it's always been a bit wobbly financially, hasn't it, uh, over the years, and we know that. So as Jack has highlighted, the fact that they've reduced the revenue revenue uh, it was inevitable; it was going to disappear. So, and, and who's going to be surprised about any of them? We just don't know the way these uh, these countries are starting to have little, uh, I suppose, regional cases of COVID where it's going to affect. Things And, of course, the quarantine side of things, if you go to a rally and you can't get back or you're going back for two weeks and you have to quarantine, that's a huge thing. So we just don't know is the bottom line. And would you make a decision that this is a difficulty you're faced with as an organizer? You clearly have to commit a lot at a certain point and uh, And you either go all in or you don't, uh, like any event. And uh, it's a big old call. I wouldn't like to be in those shoes, but hey.
1: Right. Um I've seen a couple of things and I can't remember where I've seen it, but it was probably with the the kind of the Twitter arty kind of social media thing, obviously with regards to the number of events now that are still valid, obviously it's going to be a seven round championship in theory from what we know today. Um, Does that, does that discredit or, or or does that affect, you know, what, you know, ultimately the champions are going to be because it's, it's fewer rounds because I can remember, when seven rounds was actually the championship anyway, uh, albeit twenty odd years ago.
2: Well, or or the or the front runners only went to seven or eight yeah. rallies. So no, not in my eyes. I mean, you've got all the front running cars obviously have to go to every rally nowadays, and we don't look back on the. Uh, Whatever 1989 World Championship, and and think that uh, you know Mickey Biassion only won it because Lancia went to those rallies, and and uh, whoever it was at the time didn't, you know Toyota, Mazda, whatever. Um, at the end of the day, a world champion is the best in that year, and he's he's beaten everybody who's there in front of him. And like I said, the fact that. All the front-running teams go to every rally. The most consistent driver over the given number of rallies wins the championship. And it's, yes, OK, things can change late on in the, in the day or the years, but we, uh, we often see who's the, been the best driver over the course of the year, don't we? And, and if it's over seven rallies or 14 rallies, well, it's still a worthy world champion.
1: Uh, Ryan Champion, you also heckled me uh, remotely um, albeit via WhatsApp after listening to last week's uh, episode where Jack and I talked about um, Ypres being later in the year. Um, so let's just put it out there because clearly <laughs> Jack and I were both talking through our arses and, and Craig Bream was far too polite to point it out to us.
2: Do you know what? That's exactly what I thought. I thought, Craig Breen is so polite. Rather than shoot you down in flames, he just subtly told you you were wrong.
1: Whereas um, you didn't, did you? You couldn't help uh, yourself.
2: It's, it's a bit like if you stand Johnny in front of a puddle, before he jumps in it, will he consider what month of the year it is?
1: Um, he wouldn't. He, he, he considers absolutely nothing other than going in that puddle. Thank
2: you. So a rally driver is flat in whatever gear he might be in, coming to a corner. There's a bit of grass he can take. Is he going to think, oh, oh, it's November. I might not do that. No, he's just going to drive straight across it. And worry about what happens after that and, and take the shortest route and the fastest line. And, and that's what happens in Belgium. Um, yeah, I mean, my point was I've done, I, I did April uh, when it was wet, but I mean, more so. I remember from the Tour of Flanders on a number of occasions, it has been very wet, which happens later in the year. And the roads get incredibly muddy, but the first cars just cut the corner. They just cut the corner just the same, uh, all four wheels in it drags the mud on the road and, and then everybody has to follow you know the only clean line is actually for two wheels that are maybe on the tarmac most of the time the car's in the ditch it did make me wonder though what we have seen on a number of world championship rallies over the last few years we've, we've seen um, you know artificial uh, obstacles introduced so in Finland they have put the posts on the inside of the corners I think in Germany we've seen the round bales on the inside of corners um, cutting's notorious in Belgium so it did just make me think will they uh, put something in place in Ypres to stop the big cuts because otherwise it, it could descend into a, a mud bath if it's very wet
1: Jack did you feel as silly as what I did I don't understand what, what
0: has uh, what has been pointed out
1: okay basically I said last week trying to offer an in inverted commas a slightly informed driver's opinion that maybe the technical side of, of Ypres will be um, somewhat different due to the fact that we all talk about the massive cuts that are taken. And, and I was saying that's probably more to do with the time of year as well, with the ground, ground being hard and because of the summer and stuff like that. Would they be as brave and would they take the same lines when you've got you know a, a soaking wet field? And I was quizzical whether that could happen or not. And Ryan Champion listened to it and decided to tell me I was talking through my arse. <laughs> <laughs> and clearly Jack uh, Benyon
0: wasn't even listening when he no, said he it. Wasn't. No, he best. wasn't. <laughs> he said, yeah, basically, no, well, I feel, I just, I feel I just, like I feel, I feel like I've been set up by the period here, but go on, Jack, it's alright. No, I feel like I still feel like it's a valid point and I don't understand what the, the contention is.
1: Um Well thanks, Jack. Thanks. Thanks for your support. I think what what Ryan's trying to offer is um, basically you two haven't done it. I've done it. And this is what would happen if I did it. So stop talking nonsense. I think that's I'm I'm paraphrasing ever so (laughs) slightly. I think
0: if the event's in in November and a cut is filled with water to the top, then they're not going to take it. In your
1: face, Ryan
2: it's not it won't be a case of being full of water it'll just be the case of wet grass as opposed to dry grass and the first car will still cut it
0: yeah i think i think we, we i think we even mentioned that on the podcast i think the first car through is going to take every cut available but the ones after are not going to have a chance because it's just going to be so cut up and horrible no,
2: you have to you have to because it, yeah. it the, there's so much mud on the tarmac that the, the quickest line is then to take the shortest route. And as, as Trev will tell you, you know if if there's a cut that everybody's taken in front, the worst thing to do is try and stay on the road because there is no clean line at all. And even if the cut is very dirty, it, it's much more direct line. And uh, Trev, I mean, you come in on this. If, if there's a cut been taken, you can't do anything other than take it, can you?
3: What about rally or? And the pollution on the road there—that's the term, isn't it? Pollution. Uh, the, the shit that's on the road there after the first car <laughs> goes through the car. Why and did so, you
1: say? Why did you say pollution? Because that's, that's what everybody shit?
3: calls it. <laughs> well, why well, sh- why you just,
1: just call it shit in the first it place. It is shit. Yeah, I'm okay. saying it's, it's pollution
3: and in inverted commas. Zone. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, driver will take a cut everywhere of your second road. In fact, to take it a lot of time and badness for the car behind. It's an advantage. Remember, if you do it. If you take it, okay. the dirtier you can make the road behind you, clearly the car behind has got less traction, hasn't it?
2: And we see it in Monte Carlo even as well, don't we, with snow. Yeah. You know, like uh, corner cutting just to drag snow
1: on the road. Boo. But apart
3: from that, it was a really good article.
1: Yeah, it, was a, it was a very valid point up until you two <laughs> pulled it apart. And, and Craig was too polite to point it out, but other than that, Jack—he is
3: a lovely boy,
1: isn't he? Jack, we had we had a great discussion on it. Thanks for thanks for being there for me, Jack. Thanks for being uh,
0: my wings I'm still I'm still here for you, and I'm still I'm still uh, I'm still backing the point that it's it's going to change the event significantly.
2: Yes, yes. it will just be wet and muddy instead of dry and sunny. <laughs> you get wet if
3: you're watching it.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, just just before I move away from that, um, Trev, I'll come to you first. I've just. Obviously, about twenty minutes ago, I put this point to to, uh, to, to to Ryan before he went off on one. Um, just saying, um, seven round championship, we still get the best driver at the end of it, don't we? Uh,
3: yeah, you do. Of course you do. Why yeah. wouldn't you?
1: So the, the, it, it, uh, basically, I guess the point I'm trying to make is is that. Um, the 2020 champion isn't any less of a champion than the 2019 or 2018, 17 or, or anything previous.
3: I don't, don't think so, but you could make it even more exciting, couldn't you? Well, we've got four rounds left. If we're moving into any other business territory here.
1: No, not yet. Uh, all right. Okay. Stand uh, down. Stand
0: down, okay. Trevor. You? <laughs> People remember the champion. That's the bottom line. Of course well? People yeah. remember the Ryan's point up before on Biaggi. was perfect. It's like we, we, you know, we, we know we won the championship that year. Um, if you want to do a six-hour podcast on a, a season <laughs> of rallying or a decade of rallying or, or the history, um, you know, obviously you can bring up some points that are relevant and and talk about how the you know how the differences affected the how, how things played out that year. But if we're talking generally, you know, people will just remember the champion. And yeah, you know, there might be some and contention over the fact that there was less events but you know I still think we've had um you know obviously losing uh, losing Germany's uh, uh, significant because of the loss of a tarmac round but we're still going to get Ypres even if it is wet and muddy or dry and sunny or whatever it is <laughs> um so we're still going to have had we're still going to have had a snow rally some sort of tarmac rally um and, and obviously Monty so yeah, I think it's a good selection still. I still think we've had a good a good variation of different events. Um, and yeah, I don't think it's gonna take anything away from it at all, to be honest personally. I, if not, I won, not that you asked me.
3: If I won the championship, I'd very happy to bring the trophy home, set it on my mantelpiece and put a big asterisk behind it. And if anybody asked me, I would tell them. Yeah, there was only seven rounds that year, but I was world champion.
1: Okay. Um, slightly contentious, but I'm just gonna put this out there. Nothing to do with what we've been talking about. I just want to talk about April again, just for a second. Ypres, um, uh, Trev right uh, you guys have been there done it so to speak I haven't but there is you know from a from a, a spectator point of view and an aspirational rally to do it is very much up there for, for, for one to do and I just remember a little bit when Monte Carlo went through this period of course where it, it, it left WRC and became an IRC round and became sexy again where it just became Unbelievable, and then it became part of the WRC all over again because uh, for various reasons. But there was definitely a time where, obviously, I can't quite remember. Can somebody put me straight? Did they did they opt out, or did WRC drop them?
3: Can remember? It. Papers never been around the no, no, no,
1: no, no, no. I'm not talking. About, I'm talking about Monte Carlo now. Trev. stay with <laughs> oh, me? Oh, sorry. Oh, god. Yeah, you've been drinking again, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I think there was some fallout between the ACL, yeah. wasn't there? And
1: uh, okay, so so where I'm going with this is that. It, it basically the, the shackles were off, so to speak, and and it became around IRC and it opened itself up again almost. I think it had some restrictions put on it as a WRC round, and you know everybody was talking about Monty again, and almost the success off the back of that, it came back to, to WRC. I just wonder whether EPR becoming a WRC round will it lose anything that it's had before? I, I suppose it's a bit of a flawed question due to the fact that obviously. With what's going on in the world at the moment, but is that is it going to lose something perhaps to become a WRC round? I suppose is the question. Ryan Champion, first.
2: Uh, I think it'll all depend on if the spectators allowed or not. To be honest with Epa, I mean, obviously there's a good chance that there won't be any spectators, and if if is going to lose anything, it loses its atmosphere, and the atmosphere is brought by the fans. Um, you still have this incredible backdrop um to the i hope i hope the service park will be as usual in the in the center of the town i hope they aren't going to lose that you know that might be one thing that when you become a world championship rally you suddenly have many constraints put upon your event don't you and and i hope that they're still allowed to run the service park in the city center and you get that backdrop and and inherently that that builds some atmosphere because that is a a big part of the event um but like i said the the fans are also a big part of epra which is a, a big question mark um Will it lose anything? Uh, you, you know, generally, if it, if it runs as the event should, then then no. I mean, let's not forget they they even took the decision to move away from the European Championship. And, uh, and IPRA is now just a, a Belgian Championship round and also British Championship. But, um, you know, they were happy to step away from ERC because they thought that the event was strong enough to stand on its own two feet, which it has been. And uh, it's a, an incredible event. Um, uh, and like I said, the... The format of it just just builds uh, an incredible atmosphere around the town. And let's just hope that there is some fans there to enjoy it, because otherwise that that might take away a little bit of the atmosphere.
1: Trev, theoretically, of course, um, do you think they do you think this is something that maybe rather than being a saving grace to become the final round of WRC, that it's almost could be showcasing themselves to become part of the WRC?
3: Yeah, of course. And there's a new element to it, which is Spa-Francorchamps, the Formula One circuit. Now, I've had the benefit of actually doing some stages around there. So in '98, Buckel de Spa, uh, we did two night stages, I think, as well as from like 12, 14 kilometers are quite long with all the, uh, if you think of Silverstone, all the connecting roads, all the link roads inside the circuit. Um, so. Yeah, you've got that as the third day, which uh, will be, an usual case, something that might work on TV as well, which would be a benefit. I went over to Ypres uh, to two years ago, it must have been, uh, and it was great. I was able to go for the day. We went and had lunch, watched the rally stage, and got home. We were in the pub by half yet that night. Uh, but on the day, there was loads of R5 cars, which was great, excellent. Terry Navillo was there. Uh, the only downside to R5s on that rally was they were a little bit quiet. That's all I would say. If you could make them noisier, then you've got, at that stage, in the, uh, you know, British Championship, Belgian Championship, and a few others in there. It was a competitive rally. Uh, and then, of course, you throw in the... Um, so this whole argument to make a championship R5... We're not going to go there. We probably don't have time, but it's, it's why don't people do that? It just makes so much sense to everybody. Uh, we're clearly the promoter and they've got two manufacturers who are involved now that clearly are happy the way it is. Um, but I just don't see how that's viable moving forward. No.
1: Uh, before we move away from this, Jack, and we get to any other business, um, do you see... I I find it mad that that Belgium doesn't kind of have around the WRC when you think about I suppose the history. Surely somebody somewhere must be look, trying to find uh, Bruno Thierry's number going. What are you up to um, towards the end of the year, Bruno?
0: <laughs> it's all about the money. Yeah. Let, 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 let's uh, let's paint it in a hypothetical situation whereby uh, I'm not speaking with. Um, Sort of inside knowledge, or having spoken to the organisers of EPRO about this, um, but I'd venture that EPRO isn't in the ERC anymore because it didn't want to pay to be around of the ERC anymore. True, Because it Absolutely. knows, because it knows, it gets the entry every year. It pays for itself. It's got good sponsors, um, albeit the you know the organisers work hard. It's not it's not given to them, but the organisers work hard to get those sponsors and to keep those competitors coming back every year and i don't think they need to be around of a championship to run the event that they want to run and and i think the biggest thing with the Eper organizers is um they don't want to um i don't think they want to be pand- i don't think they want to pander or dictate to someone like the wrc or the erc or whoever about what stages they run or how they run their event because They've done it for a very long time, that organising team. They know what makes EPR work and what they can make work. So I would hypothetically suggest that that's why they're not part of the ERC anymore and why they won't be part of the WRC in the future, because I think the WRC have obviously had to make some difficult decisions with their calendar. Um, again, just speaking from, from what I've seen from the outside here, um, they've had to, to work to get events on the calendar, and that's meant adding YPRA, in a situation where it wasn't discussed before this year or before COVID happened so you have to assume that the event's been added to, to give the WRC another event and I imagine there's some sort of deal there with EPR that you know EPR aren't paying what a normal round would pay to be a round of the WRC and and the you know, all the television commitments and all that kind of stuff that comes with it so I don't think that'll be the situation next year when the WRC have got 14 events back if that's what they're able to do um, so so I think this will be the only time we'll see EEPRA on the WRC calendar and I think you know hopefully we you, you, fans will be able to enjoy it because Ypres is famous for having people watching on the recce and, and stuff like that you know we've all we've all heard those stories so um you know hopefully there are fans there but you know if it's deemed safer that it is uh, no spectators then you know it would be good for us to see Ypres um probably in the best way we've ever seen it through WRC live um you know that'll be a fantastic experience to, to be able to you know if you can't be at the event to be able to watch it through WRC live will be pretty special i think Happy days. Just Happy forget day.
3: forget about the hypothetical and the assumptions as to whether it'll be. in again, uh, the man who knows Stephen Preville, get him back on. What an
0: excuse to get Stephen <laughs> back on. <laughs> we well, wouldn't the talk most, about April with him, though, would we? No, he's
1: the <laughs> most. Do you know what? He is the most asked for guest. I think we've ever had that it seems to be the benchmark of, of 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 our podcast and i think somebody messaged me about this the other day uh on the facebook page and i, I couldn't help but point out to say out of the 230 episodes of absolute rally you're asking me about one that we did about 18 well how long ago was it a year ago something like that <laughs> Having
2: having chatted to Stefan about this since, he he probably didn't give us credit for how many people listened to this show no. <laughs> because he was a little taken aback as to how far and wide that interview went. So whether it'd be quite so colourful second time wrapped, I'm not entirely sure.
1: But in in my defence, right, and you were part of it, you you will I'm sure you remember this when we got to the end of it and I kind of pressed end of record i did actually say to him you do realize that this is going to go out and it's going to be out forever and a day are you sure i think i'm i can't quite put it like that but i did actually ask him are you happy for this to go out if you, you remember did.
2: you did and he's, he's actually enjoyed some of the comments i think it, it wasn't that he was too worried about it that's oh, for okay. sure no, i'm sure
3: would... i'm sure if he was worried about it well pleased that we've actually documented <laughs> that we give him a chance to retract
1: it yeah So anyway, there you go. There you go. Um, Listen boys, right? Any other business now? Um, Trevor is chomping at the bit. Uh, It's almost like he hasn't got his own podcast um, to do. To do do his any other business first. So uh, Trevor and you, over
3: Uh, to you. Four rounds of the World Rally Championship left. That's four WRC weekends. I reckon each weekend should have a round of the championship each day. Adopting the ERC model, so you've got a shakedown. Then you've got a qualification stage. Then you pick your position on the road. Second and third day, reverse classification.
1: Discuss. Um, are you talking about just for the remainder of this year or just for the future? In, in-,
3: uh, in The future? What's the point of Rally 2, formerly known as, uh, what was it formerly known as even? Super uh, Rally. Super Rally. What's the point? I don't get it. So if you retire on the first day, you join the second day, you clean the road in the hope that you're going to score some manufacturer's points at the end of the third day. Wouldn't it be better like if the, everything was reset and all cars are back in again, providing that they can be repaired and you go again flat out? British Touring Cars have been doing this for years. Rallycross had done it the weekend. I've been advocating it many years ago that this is the way it should be. But nobody really not listen. Let's start a movement. <laughs> sure retweet get people listening we need to do it because it's bollocks if you don't
1: <laughs> i tell you what i'll tell you one thing Fred. I, I completely and utterly agree i'm going to come to ryan champion in a minute but i, I could, there's two things that i'm going to take from today's podcast one i can tell you you've had two strong coffees before this and two you don't swear as much on your own podcast but you come on here with your potty mouth <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's not true.
2: Uh, that's not true, Tony Simpson. You haven't listened to all yeah, the episodes, clearly
1: because,
2: <laughs> because I was shocked by the language.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. Maybe I haven't listened to them all. But anyway, um, have you listened to any of them? I have. I've listened to them all. I thought I'd listen. I haven't listened to the Fred Gallagher one yet. Actually, I was going to. I was going to mention that ironically. Many of the business. I wasn't what, sure
3: whether to do Fred Gallagher or Frank Gallagher.
1: <laughs> I think. For, <laughs> I, I, think Fred. You, I think you. I think you. I think you could quite easily be Frank Gallagher at the moment.
0: <laughs> my my mum's told me I'm not allowed to listen to your podcast, Trevor, because it's so so. so <laughs> <laughs> there's so much profanity. Oh, it's Shocking! It should come with a yeah. warning. Yeah, it
2: should. It should in that in that bit. You know, I'm <laughs> <that, laughs> Trevor and you. It should. Trevor and you. There's a there's a, a warning about the language.
3: I do have if to take it. to say it, it, she would have done it. Content yeah. in it Content I we're
1: anyway, taking away from Trev's really good serious point here. Um. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, uh, and I'm just. I'm not doing this just for the sake of ease. Um, completely and utterly agree. Um, and yes, there's got to be. There's got to be another reason why why it hasn't happened. What do you think, Ray? Uh
2: For the remainder of this year, I would be open-minded long-term long term I'm too much of a purist honestly um oh no un- don't go
3: down this road oh well, god
2: I understand the thing about rally 2 it, it is relatively pointless but then for the manufacturers they uh, it obviously appeals to them but um I'm not can sure I, can, well, can I
3: just, look, can I just well, say it something to them because you get the car back out again can but I get, can I just say something just
1: just, just apart from the fact that I'm my f- in podcast right can I just say something um the 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 fact of super rally as as was having done wrc round and had to use super rally was invaluable to me otherwise i wouldn't have completed the wrc rounds that i've completed so from that point of view i think it's fantastic um and there are so many people who who go through the process and are you know uh, who perhaps are not doing it even for the manufacturer are going through it but if if the if the buttons reset and maybe for the more aspirational driver that maybe the younger drivers an R five if 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 they've got a second rally again that they can compete on for the same budget, if you like, because that's the other thing you look come down to money as well. You know, rather than having a WRC round blown, it's almost like two bites of the cherry for the same money. And for me, for younger drivers trying to find budget Ryan champion, that yeah. to me is, but then, we, it,
2: then then we have a rally sprint championship and it's not
1: a rally championship. Oh, let's Can come back I, no, five days and two nights. Oh, gang so on, Jack J- Sorry, Jack. We've just got a question. Go on, Jack.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I want to get involved. They're, that's not, it, the question. that's not the question. Uh, Trev. Yeah. Trev? Trev. 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 <laughs> what are the... What are the pl- <laughs> I don't even know. I genuinely don't know if I want to get involved in this debate because it's very, very difficult to... Um, to to kind of wade in, isn't it? What are the what are the pros and cons, Trev? What give, give us the pros and cons to doing it?
3: I don't see any cons. You you give me the cons.
0: Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, Trev. Uh, oh, well, this
2: should maybe be Tony's. It's Tony's train set. So <laughs> let let Tony Simpson absolute rally put it to a Twitter vote: yes or no. Simple.
1: Yes or no. So what? What's the question? That's that's, that's I need a definitive question to make it yes or no. Well, Trevor'll
2: set that. It could be quite long. So get your pen out.
1: I've got my pen out. So the question we're going to pose on, should, on a Twitter poll... Yeah, should
3: WRC Weekends have a round of the championship each day?
1: Should WRC Weekends...
3: Have a round of the world championship each day?
1: Championship. This is great podcasting.
0: Uh, each I, day. I'd much prefer for... The person in rally two to get some sort of stage win based point system, because I think I think it's right. What you're trying to do, Trev, in, in terms of you specifically fixing the World Rally Championship, this the, Trevor Agnew, this is great. No,
3: abs- this is um, absolute rally
0: fixing the world. So I think there is a downside, though, because I think I, I don't like rewarding drivers for crashing out of rallies. This, this is no, my issue. no, 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 this no, 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 no Jack,
2: Jack! Jack! Come uh, on! Do you know what I think? What Trevor, what Trevor I knew wants is to award points <laughs> stage by stage.
3: Uh-huh. Oh,
1: I like I, see what you, I see what Jeez, you did. Do you know what? Right, me, I, I'm getting... I, I, I'm on a very different. I'm on a, a very different train of thought here because I don't think there's any reward for anybody crashing out, and I don't think it, it loses anything. I think this system could quite easily help the younger drivers. As I say. Because they're going to get two rallies for the almost for the price of one, so they could get double points. You know, they could get. And, Rai, right, you've done rallies where where it's been double points on on a WRC round when BRC ran it. So yeah, each day, I didn't like B- it then either. Well, uh, no. well, uh, that's possibly why I shouldn't have come to you at this point. Uh, <laughs> but um, I think for the younger drivers who are trying to forge a career, if they've if they have made an error on day one, they can still go and win a rally on day two.
2: Yeah, they shouldn't be allowed to. No, you should just encourage them to finish the rally.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think. What? I think. But going back to my point, I'll just finish the the kind of point I was making was that I don't oh, think shoddy, you should reward Jay. people. It's all right. It's all right because it's fine. It's it's good debate. It's good to it's good to get the it's good to get the opinions out there. But I think if someone crashes out of a rally, they shouldn't get maximum points the next day if they come back and win it. So, in my opinion, it should be done on something like stage wins. So. For example, if that person comes back and they win five stages on that rally, they should get X amount of points towards their championship. And that's fair enough because they've come back, they've made a, they've made a proper effort of it. They've proved that they've been you know faster than everybody else and and you know give them some points, not, not maximum okay. points, because I think there's, pe- there's people who are driving slower on a Sunday to get to the end of a rally, which is ultimately what rallying has always been about and what it should be about is oh, winning no, a whole rally.
1: Okay, can I come in just before? Right. I, i'm gonna just just to pick up on what what, what jackie boy bengins just said <clears throat> um just just for the sake of let's just take rally gb okay and let's just take it from the point of view of uh an aspirational driver that is um he's called jack champion there you go we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we will we we will not name any names we'll we'll create our own he'll have fantastic hair and uh, Ryan's driving ability there you go um, so we've got Jack Champion who has got budget together to do Rally GB in an R5 car um, and has a problem on day one um, and can't continue whether it's a technical or whether it's a, an accident or whatever but can still win a rally on day two and reward the people that have helped get him there rather than just having some faster stakes times which the general people public probably won't really understand here you go. it's it's not that you know oh I've got some faster stage times as opposed to yeah thanks for your support we came back on the on you know it was it was it was two two rallies and we won the second rally completely different completely different perception to what that young driver is going to have
0: yeah obviously you know it's sad when people retire from rallies isn't it you know you know you've, you've all been in that situation I've actually been in that situation <laughs> brilliant some, something driving that I've been part of that I can feel included on in this podcast um, yeah I, you know I think it's it's the most horrible feeling in the world but it's it's part of it's part of rally and I, I get like trying to reward young drivers and stuff like that but you know I think to, to change the whole system you know for, for that reason would, would be wrong in my opinion because you know we talked about championships catering for the for the people that you know pay for it or, or look after it then that's the WRC teams isn't it and we shouldn't be rewarding them for going out of rallies. So it's it's a difficult one. I appreciate trying to mix it up and, and new ideas. You know, I think I've been a proponent of that in, in every championship that I've ever watched or been a part of, but I'm just not sure this is the right one for uh, for the WRC and I think there's bigger problems to solve as well, to be honest. Right.
1: Well we'll we'll do we'll we'll do a Twitter we'll do a Twitter thing on that. Ryan Champion, will come to your any other business, otherwise this will become a two hour <laughs> podcast.
2: Uh, well mine is also about event formats.
1: Oh here we <laughs> go. See it's going to be a two-hour podcast isn't it um
2: well it's a little bit more slightly more simplistic uh but we've we've seen the world rally championship become office hours rallying now we know the reason behind that for mainstream media for for ease of publications whatever it is and and we've seen this this clovely format over three days uh this year events are having to to change format we're seeing other events come in therefore they've got different formats and and i again hope this is something that we can take forward and have different formats for different rallies um they unfortunately as we've seen in this this country you know rallying doesn't appeal to the mainstream media at the minute um and i'm not sure office hours helps that let's have some unusual formats let's have some dark stages where you can have it i know there's dust issues on some events but and even for you know if you look at uh, WRC TV and the all live stuff i think it's it's great that you can sit down on a, a saturday night when they run the monty stage or whenever it was friday night whatever whatever night it was but you have a you have stages running on an evening when you can actually sit down and watch them a lot of people are at work when uh wrc lives on or they're out with the family they're doing things during the day so let's have some stages on an evening when people can actually sit down and watch it
1: discuss i quite, I quite like that to be fair i love I, it I, I, i i love it i do you know part of doing i suppose part of doing gb for me originally was doing the night stages um because i can remember um and i i even really wanted to and you guys probably trev you'll remember this better and rye you'll remember it as well i always wanted to do jim, jim clark through the night i used yep. to do those Absolutely. stages brilliant there, there was something amazing and I aspired to do that and never quite got to do it. And when it got to, there's something quite homely about looking in a rally car and the co-driver's got his map lights on and it all looks cozy and snug and everything else about there's something, there's something special about rallying in the dark. And I was only talking to somebody the, the other day about this, even I can remember doing Ulster in the dark as well, um, which was, was fantastic. You know, it, rallying in the dark does bring something to it.
2: You know, not just dark dusk and you get you get the brakes and you get sparks, and but just a change in the formats and, and just uh, picking up on exactly what you're saying. The thing that made me think about it was I was at Sweetland this week, stood there looking at the pictures on the wall, and there's a fantastic McLean image, um, you know, a, a slow exposure picture of a car coming down into the bowl, through the bowl, all the fireworks going, the lights going, and it creates a great atmosphere, as we've seen on Monte Carlo and the all and live footage from Monte Carlo was just, just fabulous, so... You know, where, where else can we do that? Where else is it practical to do that? Mix it up a bit.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. I, I, I like that one. Trevor stood very quiet.
3: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. A couple of stages, fine. But you have to remember the commercial partners are involved in World Championship Councils. Again, regional government that want uh, the rally to be rolling through during daylight hours. Manufacturers, of course, will want people to see the cars properly in the daylight, even though they're covered in mud. Uh, but yeah, a couple of stages definitely. It's brilliant. Why not? And, and those stages,
0: those stages in the dark, all get double points in Trevor's calendar.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now why, why not run leg one in the dark? Full points. So this is
0: this well, so, is going to. So on the weekend, why not, why not order those... two? Why, why not offer two eights points? <laughs> just just for a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah.
3: Why not double reward Trev, drivers you feel for like, crashing? You feel
1: like the boys here are not taking you seriously. That's trouble.
3: <laughs> give, give, give drivers double the rewards for crashing, Jack.
2: What, like Avios or something, so they can fly home, you know, first class rather than
1: business. This, this is getting, yeah, this is going way, way, way. Anyway. As, you still have no
3: cons for having a round of the championship each day on a WRC weekend.
2: Just told me why we shouldn't have it. 2-2, two, two. Twitter's going to decide.
0: I gave, I gave you cons. I did I did give you cons.
2: Re- we'll re- we'll, re- we'll
3: review DVD the comments cash. next week. I have yeah. to I have to uh I have to agree to disagree, Jack, on that one. I'm afraid I don't understand that.
1: It's going off. It's going off big time. Love it, love it. Do you know what do you know do you, Jack, do you know what do you, do you know what Trev was calling you before we started before <laughs> <laughs> not one for staring like
0: Probably he probably no, Trev he probably called me a nice guy because Trev's one of the nicest men I've ever met in my entire oh, life.
1: Oh, here we go. It's gone full circle again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I still don't agree with him, but uh, okay, that's, fine. That's the great that, well, thing about isn't it? Hey,
1: listen, we, 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 what, we never- whoa, 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 well, Jack, you don't agree with
3: me, or you just <laughs> threw up that one corn? There's a big difference here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Have we ever all agreed on one thing in all the years we've done this now? Well, I just want everybody to
3: get away from this. Let's go back to five-day rallies, or two nights where we don't sleep, etc. Et <laughs> That's what rallying is, and always. I, I, I want to go. Ba- I'm I sorry, go back. if you wanted to continue <laughs> with manufacturers involved and people excited about it, you have to lighten it up a bit. That's how you do it.
1: Full stop. Let's move on. Next. <laughs> Shrev. It's not your train set, this one, mate. It's not your train set.
2: No, and I, I but, didn't think coaching was about a dictatorship.
0: <laughs> I'm glad you didn't put that idea to Fred Galgo, because he would have he would have hung up on your podcast. He would have put the phone down.
3: You don't know what Fred and I were talking about off air.
0: Our... <laughs> I don't want to know either.
1: It was his idea. No, it wasn't. And, and, and on that <laughs> bombshell, um, uh, Jack, Jack Benyon, can we have your of other business, please?
0: No, I'm deferring until next week. Oh, I've had enough of all of you I'm going I need a way more than anything to be honest Rally
3: should go back to a five day format
0: here's my right. business I'm going to the toilet I'll see you all yeah. next week
1: <laughs> is that it? yeah you're a tool you've done you've I'm done desperate. For it. language Tony language you've done you've done an hour and five minutes but at the crucial point at the end of the podcast and you go I need a it
0: no one cares what I think I really need a wee <laughs> alright alright it's and, a genuine and, concern Tony it's not at your age, it's not, trust it's me. You off. don't even have to get up through the
1: night, do you? Oh. I bet you, you can sleep right through without going for a pee. Oh,
0: no. It's, it's uh, You couldn't be more wrong. Okay, back, uh, back teeth floating. I'm in real trouble. Very, very
1: quickly, my the business uh, is thank you to everybody on the M-Sports stages, genuinely. And the young man who sat with me on that rally, uh, Will Atkins, who is a very, very talented young man, and keep an eye on him because I believe he could go on and do some great things. Thank you, Will, for joining us, and it was a pleasure to have you in the car. Uh, folks, uh... Jack needs a wee, uh, Trevor Agnew uh, needs another drink and Brian Champion needs to get back to Sweet Lamb. That has been the podcast for this week. We'll be back same time, same place in you know, the podcast hall with the Twitter results next week.
0: Absolute Rally. Powered by the Kielder Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.